Welcome to the She's Brave podcast, where I help women be brave and go after what they really want in life. I'm Tiffany, certified coach and counselor, here to help guide you on this journey. Hi, everyone. I have another great guest today. So I have Jennifer Curry. She is a CFA, a CFP, all around financial expert and wealth manager. So she loves helping clients learn about finance and manage their wealth. That has been her passion for over 40 years. Um, Her expertise includes growing and protecting wealth, financial coaching, and navigating clients through financial transitions. She's also a certified coach specializing in finance and wealth. So I am so excited to have Jennifer on today. Welcome, welcome, Jen. (laughs) Oh, I I don't think I can sing the way you do. (laughs) I bet you can. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. So how are you? I am. I'm so happy to have you on today. Well, I feel great because I, I do enjoy talking about finance and wealth. And I actually think they can be very fun topics. Um, They can be stressful as well. But I always think of them as um, something that's necessary. But again, there are so many wonderful things about finance. And when I think of finance, I think of the difference between your wealth and um, your financial state. Because when I think of wealth, I also think of your well-being as opposed to just your money. And people that have a lot of money may or may not feel that they're very wealthy because they may be missing things in their life. Mm -hmm. So... I think it's really important when I talk about finance to people to have them know what's really important to them and know what makes them happy and also what they want their money to do for them. Yeah, that's important too, because I think a lot of us, we don't have financial plans or we may, we may have like very basic plans, But I loved how you mentioned there was a difference between wealth and a financial state. So could you talk a little bit more about that? Sure. When I think about someone's wealth and when someone comes to me, one of the questions I ask them is, do they think there's a difference between their wealth and their money? And most people say no. And as we talk about what wealth is, part of what wealth is, is peace of mind. Part of wealth is being able to sleep at night. So you have to be comfortable with what you do with your money. Mm. Wealth is also, for some people, being generous and sharing the, the gift of their money. For some people, it's buying education for their children's future or leaving a legacy, uh, supporting a charity that they 
feel really reflects their beliefs. Mm-hmm. So wealth has different aspects to it. Money is money. And it money is very important. It's the vehicle that gets you to what wealth means to you. That's how I see it. Okay. So it sounds like wealth is more so like money is just is this disposable thing. You could do whatever with it, but it feels like wealth adds more meaning to that money. And you mentioned something about what are you going to allow your money to do for you? So that feels more like wealth. Did I get that right? Is that what you're saying? Absolutely. Mm, so I feel like that's kind of how like the fun comes into play. Cause I know finance, like money, like those are like, they're such important topics, but a lot of us, we don't want to talk about them and we don't want to discuss them because they can bring up a lot of emotions for us. They can bring up a lot of stress for us. So how can we start to make, um, how to build wealth and make it a, a fun process rather than something that is dreaded or um, avoided? I think the first thing to recognize is that in the beginning stages, when you just start working or you're just trying to make ends meet, that you need to focus on money. And money is hard when you're in a position where you can't really save it and you start to think about what is the order that you have to look at as you're making money. So paying your bills is the very first thing you have to do. The second thing is get your emergency fund which should be six months if you can afford it for all your expenses. And then, say for your retirement, when you get to the point where you've gotten to break even, you know, pay down your debts if you have them, then you can start to look at what can I save up for? And I always think that one of the big issues people face is they look at things like budgets and all of a sudden they get this vision of some evil thing in their life. <laughs> and, and I have clients that say, oh, I, I just couldn't stick to my budget. I always think of budgets as a plan. And a plan should be flexible because life changes plan should be for a year at a time. You can have like a five-year goal, but realistically, plan for a year. Give yourself some maneuvering and remember that this plan is to make your life better and to make your family's life better instead of thinking it as something that controls you it's really an instrument to get you to another place, a better place. And I think in those stages, we are talking about money as an instrument. And when you get beyond that, then you can think of more of wealth 
Although through the whole process, just getting to a healthier position financially does provide you a sense of wealth. Yeah. Sense. Yeah. So it makes a lot of sense because I think what you're saying is that, I mean, we're the ones who control the budgets. It's like, it's not something that's controlling us. And it is a tool to help us get to those bigger things that we want, like being generous and giving to those charities, like having that peace of mind, like, like you're saying, like providing education for our children or whatever that may be, whether that may be travel or whatever those things. So it, it sounds like the budget is to help you one. Okay. My priorities first are to like the bare bones to live, to make sure my bills are paid. I have my emergency fund and retirement. Um, anything after that, then that's when it feels like that's when the fun starts. It feels like that's when it's like, okay, so now how can I make my money work for me? Like, what do I want? How am I going to allow this to work for me and help me to reach the larger goals that I have rather than just surviving? Right. And I also think it's worth celebrating. I have, uh, I have clients that have had trouble with their spending. And when you look at all of the available tools, one of them is savings. Absolutely. But the most powerful tool you have is knowing your spending, mm-hmm. knowing what you spend and why you spend. And this is after all of the things that you have to pay for. So this, this gets into the, you know, I walked into the store the other day and this jacket just jumped on me and hugged me and said, take me home. <laughs> and you kind of went, I don't know if I can afford you. And the jacket didn't care. It just said, take me home. Mm-hmm. And that's when uh, I always say to clients, this is where you have the most control. You can say, I really like you, but I think I have to think about you. Put it on hold. Go home and check your closet and see if you already own that jacket, because that might be the thing that attracted you. Or, you know, how much happiness will I get in a week or a month or a year? Start to think about, can that money bring me more happiness elsewhere? And when you start thinking about it as a tool that can provide you either this new jacket, which obviously has a crush on you, <laughs> or you can put it towards something else. Maybe you want to take a trip at the, you know, the end of the year and this money can go towards that. Then you start realizing what the levers are, or maybe you just want to put that money in your retirement account and you know, what comfort that will bring you in X number of years. So that's why I always tell clients, you know, instead of looking at things with the idea of I should, which is a shameful word, mm-hmm. look at it and say, how do I want to reward myself? Do I want this jacket? Do I want to save for something bigger in the future? even very long-term and provide myself with that safety net rather than looking at it and saying, oh, I really shouldn't buy this. It's not in my budget or 
recognize it if it's an emotional release for something. Yeah, I like how you brought up the idea of happiness and celebrating and deciding like, okay, so how much happiness is this going to bring me now rather than maybe another goal or another priority that I have in making those decisions. So for someone who, who this is like very new for, and they're wanting to start like using this in their like personal life, how, what, where would you start with them? Whether that's with the happiness or with like budgeting or like if, if you had a client, I know this is like, a, I'm like kind of stacking my questions, but if you had a client, where would you start with them for someone who's like brand new and they wanted some like financial coaching? I always ask a new client if they know how they spend their money. If they know the difference between what they need, what they want, and what is a luxury, which sounds like such a simple question. But when you get into the difference between a need and a want, sometimes it's not that clear. Obviously, food, utilities, and rent, those are needs. Mm -hmm. But if you get into something that gives you an emotional outlet, and I use this a lot with couples, golfing is my best example. The one partner may go out on the golf course for an entire day, and the other partner is furious because it's a waste of money. Mm -hmm. So then the question becomes, what is it, what purpose is it that that day on the golf course serves for you? It might be that that partner sees it as a need to blow off a lot of energy, rebalance emotionally, something that disconnects so that person can be a better partner for the other person. Mm -hmm. So you have to have a sense of yourself. So I ask the question, tell me about your needs and your wants. And what is it that's on your wish list? What's your luxury? And then I ask, what would you do differently than you're doing now? And what keeps you up at night? Mm. And then you know, remind people that they have all the tools that they need. They just may not have discovered them yet. Yeah. So it, it feels like in a sense, okay, like this, what is the vision that you have for what you're either wanting your life to look like or how you're spending your time, the things that you want to do. And then like, how can we make this money? And I know we come back to the, we talked about this a little bit before, but how can we make this money work for you based on those needs, those wants, that those luxuries? Like, how do we make that work for you instead of saying, okay, you know, not really having a plan. So, and that that's where it feels like that budget is is working for you instead of against you. 
Correct. Mm. Ooh, so I want to talk about the needs and the wants, because I think that can be kind of hard for, for myself. I'm like, this is a need. but It might, it might not be. <laughs> it might not be. I'm like, this is definitely a need. So it feels like, I mean, especially with the golf example, that it can be kind of ambiguous. So how do you start to decipher which one is a need and then which one is a want? And like, what difference does it make in the, in the overall budget? Well, I can't figure out what your difference is between a need and a want, unless Ooh. it's really obvious, like, oh, I want another piece of jewelry. I think it's a need. <laughs> That's obviously probably up for discussion. If it's something that is really part of you, I need to take a class in writing because I want to be able to do the following thing with that training. Mm -hmm. It could be a want if you're not going for a degree, or it could be a need because you have a specific goal in mind. Okay. Okay. So that you have to give it some consideration and common sense goes a long way. I, it's, you know it when you see it, if you're honest with yourself. And okay. I think where it especially is important is if you're doing a budget with someone else, because one of the biggest problems is if I see my partner's need as a want, I resent how they use our money mm -hmm. or my partner's money and vice versa. So when I ask people to go through and list their want list and their need list, I ask them to do it separately. Mm -hmm. And then explain those things that the other person sees as a want. And the same person might say, oh, no, it's a need. I need to get my nails done every week because I deal with the public. And my branding, it's all about me. I have to look a certain way. Mm -hmm. if, it would be different if they said, I need to have a tummy tuck, my face lifted, my um, whatever done, and I need to look like a Barbie doll. Eh, probably not a need. Okay. No, things like that. Um, so I, I go back to you. Think about knowing yourself. Be realistic. If you can't afford a monthly membership at a top gym, what can be a good substitute for you? If okay. Shape is your need. Then figure out how you can get there in a reasonable way. Okay. So it feels like a lot of like self-reflection and also communication. Like if you have a spouse or partner and you're wanting to like understand the other person's needs and wants. Now, what about the difference between a want and a luxury? I, I think that actually may be a little bit more hard to um, distinguish from needs and wants. So like, 
travel, for example. So like I love to travel and I would put that in, a, in the wants, but it could be a luxury. So how do you determine what the difference is between a want and something that's a luxury? I think it comes into the relative term. It's not an absolute that travel, for example, is a want or it's a luxury. Mm -hmm. It's a question of, am I going on a cruise for $6,000 or am I going to go on a $46,000 cruise? That would be a very nice cruise. (laughs) Where are we going? Because that's actually... um, something I faced with one of my clients and she said, I, you know, but I see it as a want. Mm -hmm. And I thought, well, that's nice. But in your financial position, that's not attainable. It Uh truly is at some point a luxury. It's something that you probably won't do very often. Okay. And it's out of the realm of normally repeatable every year or even every two or three years. You know, if someone has $50 million, it's probably a want. If you have, oh, let's say $85,000, it's probably a luxury and it's really not something you can afford to do. Okay. So that's why I say it's relative. Okay. Everything's all, it it seems like it has to be tailored to the individual and like their specific circumstance. It does. Okay. So when you look at these things with clients, is there like, is it something very structured and it's like, okay, 20% of of things should be going towards wants and like, 50% 50% towards needs and 30% towards luxury. Is it something like that that you're doing or is it um, just having that awareness? So then you can use those tools to build the budget or something like completely different. There's no set ratio of needs, wants, and luxuries. Okay. If someone lists out their needs, you may go through it and say, do you really need to spend $600 a month on having your house cleaned when you live in a one-bedroom apartment. Or maybe you could clean it or find someone cheaper. So you go through the list of needs and see if there is a place that still could be adjusted. And then you go through the wants and you do the same thing because when you're going through the budget, at that point, you have an end goal. And that end goal may be retirement. The end goal may be trying to figure out your lifestyle if you're going through a divorce. Mm-hmm. Or it may be, I want to save um, 6000 a year to put into my IRA. So how can I get there? And, and really, when you work with someone, you work as a team. Because it's not me that's going through that budget. Mm-hmm. It's the client that's going through it. And they're going through it to achieve a goal. Mm -hmm. So the idea is if someone wants to save 6,000 a year, then they'll go through it and see where they can make a change that will get them to their goal. And 
quite honestly, I have to say, I have clients that when they hit that goal at the end of the year, I write them letters and say, congratulations. Yeah. You did it, you know, and you had that money in the market. If it was a good year in the market, that $6,000 earned, you know, another $1,200 on top of it. This is fantastic. And it's all because of what you do with your money. Yeah, that is an accomplishment. And then like you mentioned something that is also very important, but I don't think we'll be able to get to it today. Like maybe I can have one later for it, but saving and investing and retirement, those are all like big like topic things too that a lot of people may struggle with and like not really know like, okay, how much should I be putting towards retirement? How much should I be saving? But there feels like there is no, like there really is no should. And we kind of talked about that a little bit. There is no like set number. Like there is, okay, what do you want as a person? And let's figure out how to make that work for you. Because it really does, it reminds me of of an article I read years ago and I was looking at three different budgets of people who made the same amount of money. And one person, they spent like, I want to say like $8,000 on like bars and like drink, going out to like drink and whatever, because that for them was something that was very important. And then another person, they may have spent that same, they, they were spending like, I want to say like $20,000 a year on travel. And, but they cut down on like, other little things. And then maybe the last person there, I want to, I'm going to call it a luxury. Their luxury was they really wanted to do a lot of, um, I think shopping was the thing. And they spent X amount of dollars or like so much money on like shopping, but it was like each of them had the same amount of money. Mm-hmm. They just made it work for them and what they, they wanted. And like, there was no set, like um, no set way that it was supposed to be done. And I'm like using air quotes. I know no one can see me, but I'm using air quotes. (laughs) But like, yeah, there's no set way it was supposed to be done. It it really feels very individualized and very much so what do you want? I think that's right. And I also think like nobody thinks they're going to get old. Yeah. Until they're old. (laughs) They're like, Right. So I think people look at spending when they're younger and think this is not going to affect me mm-hmm. when I'm old. But you know, for for people that go out five nights a week, if they sit down and they track the spending on that, and then they figure out what it costs every month and what it costs every year. Mm-hmm. Sometimes they're stymied. Mm-hmm. Um, my favorite story is a client who did a budget. And when I saw her, she said, I've started to save over $100 a month and I lost weight because I stopped drinking soda out of the vending machine. Yeah. It's like small things like that. Like, you don't realize it. Um how big of an effect it can take, it can make. Um, Cause I've had people, they, um, you know, maybe stop eating. Well, this is kind of obvious, but they stop, stop eating out as much. And of course they have more money 
And they also lost weight because they were make, cooking more of their meals. So, yeah. Oh, but I do, for those other people, I do want to preface that those people who were doing that extravagant spending, they, their like retirement and savings were always, it was like these, those were the first priority. And then it was like, whatever else they had, they just spent it on whatever. So I don't want to ever, um, not, I don't ever want to throw out there like you should just be frivolous. Like they were like their savings, their retirement, their needs, like their mortgage, rent, whatever. Those were all taken care of first. And then it was like, this is what I have to do whatever I want with. So, but yeah, like it, yeah, it really does feel like it's individualized and that small changes, like you're saying, can make a a very big difference. Not even just like you're saying in your financial life, but also in your health and your personal life as well. Yes, it, it's wonderful when you think about how everything's interconnected and how you can make yourself happy on multiple levels. If you start to think about not just your spending, but what you're focused on, near term, medium term, long term, that will make you feel joyful throughout the journey. Yeah. And I think that's the key. It feels like the key is focusing on that happiness and that joy. And instead of saying um, that, you know, maybe in avoiding and not wanting to do a budget, but like really this is you taking, it sounds like ownership and empowerment over your money and your life. And because of that, like you said, it's not just, financial it's not just money it's it's everything it's your health your relationships your your happiness so yeah so it sounds very like they need to come talk to you Jen (laughs) (laughs) well you know where to find me (laughs) yes Yes, it's it because I think we think it's so simple it's like oh it's just numbers and we just do the budget and but no it is it is really you taking ownership And that is always what I advocate for on this podcast, but my business is really taking ownership over your life and, and, and not being passive. So, and having some intention with what you're going to do, because then that's, that's how you get what you really want. So yeah, they need to come talk to you. (laughs) (laughs) Ah, So we are winding down. Is there anything that um, you could offer like just a small thing that people can start doing today, like in um, maybe before they reach out to you or something that that will be helpful for them to take with them. They can integrate in their day-to-day. You know, I always come back to the question of how much happiness is this going to bring me in a month? Maybe it's just a week. You know, why is it that I feel driven to okay. buy something if it's not something that I need and can't afford? Um, you know, how do I want to reward myself? And your money is there to make money for you, and that's how you reward yourself financially. Mm-hmm. So I think about what is the purpose of what I'm doing. I guess that's that's the one thing that I would look at, especially if you're still in the position where you have to save money mm-hmm. and you have a long-term goal. 
Yeah. And I think if you don't stay in your budget, don't browbeat yourself. Just say, okay, it's, I'll do better next month. Yeah. I love those two. I love the two of like not being hard on yourself. Like, you know, like you said, be flexible, things change, but you know, budgets change, life happens. But I really love like that. The question is very simple, but it's very powerful of how much happiness is this going to, to bring me? Cause when we're, if, if we're wanting to buy something that is over our budget or outside of what we allotted for a certain expense. And, and then that kind of takes you to this bigger picture. Like it's not just right now. So instead, like I'm going to me and my travel, like instead of like if I'm out shopping and I'm like, oh, like that jacket, it feels calling me. And I was like, oh, but it's I don't know. I don't know how much an expensive jacket costs, maybe like a thousand dollars. I'm very like <laughs> minimalist. So this jacket is a thousand dollars. I'm like, how much happiness is this going to bring me in a month? Maybe not much. But if I were to spend that thousand dollars on a trip, that would be something valuable for me personally. So. Yeah, again, that brings back the individual and how customized everything is to to everyone. Absolutely. Tiffany, thank you. This has been so much fun. Yes, I know. I love this. And I'm like, oh, I really I'm going to have to have you back on because I want to talk about retirement. It's very important. And then also saving and investing. Investing is a big one, too, because I've gotten into investing recently and it's, it can be kind of confusing, like knowing, like, am I doing this right? Should I be doing it this way? I guess there's kind of no right way, wrong way. But, you know, so thank you so much. This was very helpful. I know everyone listening is going to really get a lot from this. And I love that question of the happiness and realizing that budgeting and making your money work for you isn't something that is... Um, I'm going to keep saying it. it's not something that should be avoided or something that should be feared. It really is something that should be embraced and seen as getting you the life that you want. So thank you so much, Jen. Where can people find you if they want to reach out, uh, want to hire you, want to just talk, whatever. So how can people reach you? <laughs> uh, you can uh, reach me right now at jcurry1957 at gmail.com. I'm, I'm going to be changing that fairly soon. So um, for now, that will work. Or you can contact me on LinkedIn, which is probably your best bet. Okay, perfect. And then when you change your email, I'll update it in the show notes. Okay. So- I have really enjoyed this. I will make sure that all of your information is in there. People want to reach out and learn more about you and get help with their finances, maybe need some financial coaching or yeah. So thank you again, Jen, for coming on and yeah, have a good day. You too. Enjoy the rest of your holiday. Yes, you too. All right. Bye. 